0: Hello, this is Lyle Phillips, Senior Pastor at Iris Nashville, and I would like to personally thank you for downloading and listening to our podcast each week. To find out more information about Iris Nashville, you can find us online at irisnashville.com. Thanks, and God bless. Can we pray together? I know, I know we've prayed a lot, but hey, that's what we, we do. We're at church, so we pray a lot here. And uh, I just, I just would love to pray as I'm kicking off the message this evening, and and just praying into this this special day. It's Pentecost Sunday, which is, you know, a fancy fancy holiday for 50 days after Easter. There's a lot of other things involved, but we're celebrating whenever the Holy Spirit was poured out to the disciples in the upper room, the 120. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. It it was a time, it was a moment on the calendar when the Holy Spirit was not just with God's people, not just upon God's people, but came to live on the inside of God's people. And that is a sweet, sweet deal that we to have the God of the universe that created heaven and earth to take up residence on the inside of our body and live upon the throne of our hearts no one else is happy about that I'm happy about that (laughs) all right let's pray so Jesus we just thank you for your word we thank you for the Bible we thank you for revelation God we thank you for prophetic words We're so glad that we have the opportunity to hear the words of life. I just feel like the Apostle Peter tonight in saying, God, where else can we go? For you have the words of life. God, we just say as a community, Lord, we've looked other places. We've tried other things. But, God, it is you jesus christ that have the words of life and so we open up our heart and our spirit tonight to receive your words of life god i just i lay hands on myself i pray over myself god that that you would use me as a vessel this evening to preach to your people in jesus name and everyone said amen awesome awesome let's give nick a hand as well he always blesses us so good thank you so much nick Love our worship team this evening. It was great having O'Bill on the cello. I just, I love different expressions, new new instruments, new forms of worship. So good. You know, I really see, um, keep that intercession up for this microphone, all right? I, I really think that we are, that's why I'm holding it. I told the, I, in run through, I was like, I'm holding this mic like a rapper. I mean, it's like, it's only, it's like up here. It's kind of weird. So I'm not trying to be like extra pre i I'm just trying to make sure the mic works. So, um. Yeah, I'm just I'm just excited, man. I'm excited to be a part of the Legacy family. I I really do believe that we are a part of something here as a as a as a church, as a community, as a family. This morning Allison and I, we got the chance to drive up to Kentucky. We hung out at Legacy Owensboro, which if you didn't know, we have a we have a sister-slash-mama church because my parents pastor that church. Carl and Lila went with us yesterday, and they were at the first service this morning. They have two services in the morning, so had the opportunity to address our family there and preach to them. And you guys, I got to say, I just had an awesome—we had an awesome time up there this morning. We saw God just break out in a special way in the second service. There were people who were healed in the church service. How do you guys believe that that can happen, right? It's incredible, man. It was so awesome. Like, the Holy Spirit totally showed up. And, um, you know, that community there, be praying for them. They just lost a dear brother, part of their community, uh, to cancer. Actually, just two weeks ago, is a younger guy, 50 years old. And, and the message I have for you guys tonight and the message I had for them this morning was about the kingdom of heaven being here right now. And so, you know, that's contradictory, to somebody passing of cancer. But I have to say, guys, is that as I preached and as I felt like God filled that room, I was so encouraged because God encountered our family so so powerfully today, and I'm just grateful that I got to be a part of that move this morning, and I know I speak for Allison as well. And yeah, so I'm, 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 coming, I'm coming into Nashville this afternoon just really fired up, all right? So excuse the energy, but I'm pumped about Jesus and what he wants to do tonight. Yeah. How many, anybody else in here? So, yeah, come on. One of the things I like to do, and this this is, I I just love to preach like this, you guys. It's something I love to do. Um, I love to pray. God, if you were, yep, there goes, there goes that intercession. So if, if I, I love to ask the Lord, God, if you were to come to church this weekend here, like Jesus in the flesh, you know, with the robes and the sandals, um, Or the Birkenstocks. uh, If you were to come here and preach your message, God, what is it that you would want to preach this Sunday? Have you ever thought about that before? Like, what if Jesus could be a guest minister up here this afternoon? What message would he bring to his people? I think about that often. Maybe it's just a preacher thing. But that's how I like to pray. I like to pray into that. God, you know, what would you say? And as I prayed that this week for Pentecost Sunday, I really felt like God reminded me of one of the core messages of his ministry, which is from Matthew chapter 4 and verse 17. So if you have your Bible you have your app, you want to open it up, you can do that. Or I can just read it to you here because it's only one sentence. But it, interestingly enough, Jesus actually began his earthly ministry with a sermon about the length of a tweet, right? You know, I don't know if you guys use Twitter. It's kind of going out of style now. But you only have 140 characters to get your message across. Anybody have Twitter in here? Yep. Yeah, my, my wife does. Anybody? Uh, yeah, follow us, you know. It's, I feel like it's just Twitter's just going downhill, you know. I don't know. But Jesus' first message, you know, was about the length of a tweet, and I want to read it to you. It's very short. Jesus' first sermon is in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. It says, from that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Let's read that again. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And let's, let's say all together that last part, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. How many of you guys think that's a good word? That's what Jesus came preaching and teaching. He said the kingdom of heaven is here right now. Now, as I thought about this message and considered Matthew four seventeen, I began to think about something that you might think is a little bit strange and doesn't even connect. But I began to think this week about Allison and I and how often we've misplaced our wallets. I don't know if you guys do this or not, but we misplace stuff all the time. And, you know, sometimes my wife will say, oh, pregnancy brain. I'm not pregnant, and it happens to me still. So I don't get it. But this past week, like the last two weeks, we have probably misplaced our wallets, our keys, and our cell phones about four or five times. So has is, is that been happening to anybody else in here? Okay, a few of you guys, we got to pray against this. This is an attack. And, uh, you know, we, we just, the funny thing is, is that every single time that Allison has lost her wallet in the past week, it's turned out to be... In the most obvious place. (laughs) It's the funniest thing. Isn't it it crazy how that works when you lose something? You find it in the most obvious place. Like most every Sunday, I I usually bring a backpack here, and she always puts her wallet in my backpack. She lost her wallet, you guys, for four days. We came up to the church almost every day. We looked under all of these chairs. We looked in the back. We looked in the office. We looked in the kid's wing. No wallet. No wallet. And as it turns out, the wallet was right there where she left it. It was right there in the bag. <laughs> it sounds like that happens to you guys every now and then as well. Well, how about this one? Because this happened to me this week. It wasn't just her. It was me, too. I lost my keys like three times this week. Dead serious. I lost my keys every time. And, and I have a catch-all box. I don't know if you guys have one of these. Most wives buy them husbands because they get tired of being asked, hey, honey, where's that thing that, you know, I always misplace?" But I have one of those, and it sits on my dresser. It's, it's like the last thing I see at night. It's the first thing I see in the morning. And every day when I'm finished with my day, I will empty out my pockets, and I'll put everything in that box. Anybody else have one of those boxes? If you don't have one, hey, they're handy. You should get you one of those. But I put everything in there, and three times this week, I lost my keys. Guess where the keys were every time? in the box to my frustration, right? At first, we were getting angry about this, but then it just became laughable. We actually just started cracking jokes about how much stuff that we leave, and you know, I, I started to think about how often this happens to me, and maybe this happens to you too, but every now and then, I will lose my keys only to find out that they're actually attached to my belt loop, has that ever happened to you before? You're just you're looking everywhere for for your keys and they're just like hanging from your back pocket and you're like, "Oh my gosh. What am I doing?" Or how about this one? You're of your phone in your in your hand and and you're like you're yeah, you you could be talking on the phone. It could be on speakerphone, and you're trying to, like, get ready to leave the house, and you're like, I got to get all my stuff. I got my wallet. You know, I do this thing, like, I do, like, phone, wallet, watch, good. Okay, here we go. And my, my watch recently broke, but that's another sermon. And, you know, you're, you're looking around, like, where's my phone? And you're talking to somebody on it the entire time. Has that ever happened to you guys? You know, it's it's funny, right? But I feel like it happens to me all the time. I'm looking for things, I'm looking for my keys, I'm looking for my phone, I'm asking my wife where is it? And as it turns out, it's actually in my hand. It only made the point more dramatic but this is not unlike what Jesus came preaching and teaching because so oftentimes we look so hard for the things that we value only to find out that they're right here in our hand the entire time. As Christians, we're constantly looking for the kingdom, right? We're constantly looking for revelation. We're constantly looking for for God and what He might say to us, only to find out that Jesus came preaching and teaching that what we were looking for is actually as close as our fingertips. Is that good news for anybody else in here? What you're looking for is as close as your hands. So just, just look real quick, look at your hands. What you need in this season, it's that close, all right? That's what Jesus came preaching and teaching. When he arrived on the scene, he gave this short sermon. He said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, Jesus was around the age of 30 when he showed up. You know, he was like this mystical prophet from Galilee. You know, he was a young guy. He didn't have any formal ministry endorsements. There were no older pastors who said, yes, you should listen to this guy. Let him preach in your synagogue because, you know, he is approved, and I endorse him, and I'm going to give a 30-second video so he can post it on his website. It, that didn't happen. Jesus came preaching and teaching, not just not just, ju- just coming to give a presentation, but he actually came to declare that the kingdom of heaven was here to, to make a demonstration of what heaven was actually like. Now, you guys know this, right? You, 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 you read the Bible, you see this, that Jesus comes and he says this. He says, heaven is here right now today. To translate it into, you know, modern vernacular, that's what Jesus was saying when he started his ministry. You got to say it with me. Heaven Heaven is is here here. now. now. That's what Jesus came preaching and teaching. You know, when you think about that, no wonder he was so controversial. Because he was declaring that what people thought that they would experience if they were in covenant with God once they died was actually available for them to receive right then and there at that very time. That's a controversial sermon, man. You know, in Jesus' time, there were varying beliefs about heaven. Many people had different theories and arguments about the afterlife. You know, some might say, oh, you're going to be reincarnated, and then you're going to come back as an animal. Man, I hope not, right? Just... You know, I, I heard that often when I was in India, but that was, you know, that was one popular belief, you know. There's going to be reincarnation. You're going to come back as a different person or as an animal. That was one belief about the, the afterlife. Uh, some beliefs about the afterlife was, you know, nothing happens to you when you die. It's just, it just goes black, you know, and it, it's over. There, there were some beliefs that said, oh, you enter into this, like, shadowy realm, like this shadowy existence. These were all like common theories about what people believed about the afterlife in Jesus's time. And you even see in Luke chapter 20, when Jesus ended an argument between the Sadducees and the Pharisees, as they were arguing about heaven, they were arguing about the resurrection, they were arguing about what happens to you when you die. So there were all these arguments about the afterlife. There were philosophers as well as religious groups that have been offering their theories for thousands of years. But when Jesus arrived on the scene, he did not come preaching, teaching, and arguing. Jesus came preaching, teaching, and announcing. He didn't say, here, guys, I have another theory for you. He said, here, I actually have an announcement to make because something is different now. Heaven, come on, you got to say it with me. Heaven is here now. We almost had that together. Let's try it again. Heaven is here now. Jesus, he was aware of the theories. You know, he's well-studied. And his ministry actually proved which one of them was true. Jesus' ministry proved that heaven was real and that God's heart was to spend eternity with his people in that place. If I could, you know, translate it into the Lyle Phillips version, if you will, I see it as this. Jesus preached, you've heard of heaven? the place that people in covenant with God go when they die, well, that place is real, and I'll prove it to you. And here's the best part. You don't have to die to see it. You can experience it right now. That's what I think Jesus was saying to everyone. No wonder it was so controversial, right? So most people today, just like in Jesus' day, they have ideas about heaven, and you know, people you know, have theories about the afterlife, but it's pretty rare, even for Christians, to say, you know, I really do believe that I can experience heaven right now. I mean, look at the state of the world. You look at the sin, you look at the depravity, you look at disease, you look at despair, you look at discouragement, disappointment, you turn on the news, you see all kinds of bad stuff, and you're like, there's no way that heaven could be here right now. There's no way that Jesus could have meant what he said when he said that heaven is here today. There's no way that's possible. Or maybe just to make it more personal, maybe you read this passage or you're hearing this message right now, And you're saying, man, wow, that's like a great word, right? Like, it's good to get sentimental about that. But I don't feel that. I don't see that. It doesn't feel like to me that heaven is here right now. But despite people's shock and unbelief about this message, Jesus continued to preach that the kingdom of heaven was here now. And he didn't walk around with a projector in his saddle, Right? He didn't bust out a PowerPoint presentation and give seven points about the kingdom. Jesus didn't come just to make a presentation, Jesus came to display a demonstration of what he was talking about and how it could be experienced today, right now, in the present tense reality. That's what made Jesus so incredible and so special. Many people had theories about heaven. Many people had arguments about the afterlife. But Jesus came announcing the reality of a superior kingdom called the kingdom of heaven. And he said, hey, it's here right now today. And you don't have to die to experience it. I'm welcoming you into it right now. Man, that's controversial. Right? Even today, when you think about it today, when you hear that message today, it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's almost controversial, you know, because we're like, I don't know about that man. But Jesus didn't come to do an argument. You know, he came to make an announcement. And when he did, Jesus also did some other things that I think are pretty cool. Maybe you will as well. Jesus healed the sick. Do you guys read that in the Bible? Jesus, he, he, he actually did this thing called healing the sick, Right? This dude made eyeballs out of mud balls. He spit in the mud. He formed an eyeball, and he put it in a guy's eye- face, and the guy saw. Is nobody else impressed with that? I mean, I go, like, wow, right? It's incredible. You know, Jesus, he would walk over to a lame person who was on a mat who hadn't walked for over three decades and he said, pick up your mat. It's time to walk. Yeah. That's pretty awesome, you guys. What do you, what do you guys think? That's pretty incredible, right? It also said that Jesus raised the dead. That means he walked up to a smelly tomb where his friend had been captured inside for three days, dead. And he says, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus wakes up from the dead, and he walks out of the tomb. Wow. I'm consistently impressed. (laughs) Jesus also cleansed the lepers. I don't know if you guys have ever seen a leper before. I've seen a a ton of lepers because I used to be a missionary to India. And over in India, you see... They actually spend a lot of time together, hang out. And, and the thing about lepers is their extremities, they start to deteriorate and just basically fall off. They lose, their, they lose feeling in their, in their hands and their feet. And, and, and so they don't have fingers anymore. They don't have toes anymore. And the Bible says to us that Jesus actually cleansed the lepers. Jesus actually healed people of leprosy. That's a, that's a sickness that, that doctors today just, they don't see any cure for. Hey, there's nothing we can do. And yet, here's Jesus announcing the arrival of a superior kingdom and he's cleansing people from leprosy. That's pretty incredible. It also says that Jesus drove out demons. What does that even mean, right? But how many of you guys know that people can be oppressed by the demonic, right? They can be oppressed in their mind, they can be oppressed in their heart, they can be dealing with the same old behavioral patterns day in and day out, not figuring out, not able to figure out what is going on in my life. You know, they're oppressed by the demonic. They're they're going through stuff over and over. Jesus healed. He set those people people free. He delivered them from demons. He drove demons out of people's life, and he set them free in a moment, and they walked out of the synagogue or they walked out of the marketplace free, set free with a new way of thinking, a new way of life. How many of you guys know this guy's powerful? right? He didn't come with a lecture. He didn't come with a presentation. He came to display a demonstration of what all these people had been arguing about for thousands of years. Is heaven real? Does heaven exist? And Jesus said, hey, you've heard about heaven. I'm here to tell you that it's real and it exists and you don't have to die to see it. You can see it right now. This is a core DNA message of Jesus' ministry. It was so important that he gave this sermon first. That's something worth thinking about, right? But a lot of times, you know, core messages of Jesus, we get very sentimental about them. You know, we engrave them or we, you know, we put them on a, a poster and put them on in the lobby, you know, Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Did you guys know that being overly sentimental about Jesus is the religious way of ignoring Jesus? (laughs) It's just a nice, cute saying. Works out, it's a great tweet. This was like the core message that Jesus brought when when he arrived on the scene. He's like, hey guys, I got a message for you. But it's not just a message. It's also a demonstration. I'm inviting you to experience what I'm talking about immediately. This is not something you have to grow into. You don't have to go to church for five years to experience the kingdom. You can experience it right now, today, in this very moment. You don't have to go, you know, through different schools or get your degree. You can experience the kingdom right now. doesn't matter if you're in a bar last night or you just finished up ministry school and seminary for 12 years. You can experience the kingdom right now, in this moment. That's what Jesus was saying. I think, that's ama- I think that's amazing. So earlier this year, uh, my wife and I, my family, we went to Disney World. Anybody ever been to Walt Disney World? Man, that, that's a fun place, right? How many of you guys like Disney? You just like Disney in general in here. Anybody else? That was about four people, five people. I don't, I don't know if this point's going to go over well, sweetheart. How many of you guys watch The Lion King when you're a kid? Yeah, dude, come on, man. I, I watched The Lion King. I saw it in theaters. First movie I ever saw was a Jungle Book in theaters. It's coming back around again. Yeah, I'm excited about that. You know, my friends are on me all the time to watch Disney movies. I don't really read fiction. I don't watch any fantasy. And I don't know if you guys remember uh, Shaw Martinez. He comes up and preaches about once a year for us. He's, he's, he's always telling me, Law, I'm praying for you. Pastor Law, you need to develop a sense of awe and wonder in your life. And see, he lives in Orlando, and his dad works for Disney. So whenever Allison and I went down there uh, a few months ago, he, he, he got a pass to the park, and he walked around, he showed us all the secret stuff. He's like, oh, see that right there? Isn't that amazing? Look at that awe. Oh, it's awe and wonder. Just makes you feel like a kid again. And, uh, and I'm like, yeah, whatever, bro. They got donuts over here the size of your head. <laughs> Forget about that fantasy stuff. I don't care about that. Uh, it's a small world after all. I'm like... Let me get one of them donuts, you know. And they and people kept getting mad at us. My family kept getting mad at us because we kept stopping for donuts and coffee. And they're like, Nashville, man, they always gotta have coffee. We're trying to ride the ride again. Allison's pregnant, you know. We're like, we're getting a donut, bro. We love Walt, I mean we love Walt Disney World, the whole thing, Magic Kingdom. Epcot, that's my favorite Epcot. I don't know if you guys have heard this or not, but there's a, there's a few like uh, you know a few people said a few things about Walt Disney World, and you know, I wanted to read one of the endorsements. This is what they say about Walt Disney World: At Walt Disney World, every tear will be wiped away. <laughs> Death shall be no more. Neither shall there be any mourning or crying or pain anymore. I'm just kidding, y'all. That's from Revelation chapter 21, verse 4. All right? That's a a description of what heaven is going to be like. (laughs) But when I think about heaven, man, I'm like, dude, Disney World is the closest thing because I know those big donuts are going to be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. They're gonna be the appetizer. We're gonna to get to ride rides. People are gonna be having fun. They're gonna be passing out corn dogs. Don't front like you don't like corn dogs. You know, it's gonna be awesome. You know, Disney man, it's a magical place, right? Just look at your neighbor and say, It's a magical place. It's a magical place. Yeah, you know, the thing about Disney World is you can learn a lot about Disney World through the movies. Right, you can learn a lot about Disney World by YouTubeing it. You know, you can take a park tour on YouTube. You know, you can watch a video for an hour and you can go through the park. You can see what it's like. You know, so you but you can learn a lot about it without actually going there. But when you go there, man, you meet some real Disney fanatics. Now I know a few. of You guys raised your hand. Let me tell you. You are not turned up like these guys are turned up, man. I'm telling you, like, I saw people who would wear the goofy hands through the whole park. Like, they would refuse to take off their mask to get in the roller coaster. I can't even pull the thing, you know. They're dressed up like Minnie Mouse. I mean, these people are fanatical, man. I met a guy down there that had every Disney character tattooed on his body. Y'all think I'm playing. I'm telling you the truth. Every character, dude, for he had a throat tat you know, of like Alvin. Dude, he ankles to his ankles, dude. I mean, he, you know, he saw so many Disney movies. He had to start, the tattoos had to start getting smaller and smaller. He had all the Disney characters on him. This guy was completely fanatical about, about Disney. You know, what's even crazier to me is that some of these fanatics out there, they've never actually even been to Disney World. They have all the movies, man. They have them on Blu-ray. They have it on VHS. They have the original VHS. They have the movie posters plastered up on their bedroom wall. They buy all of their kids, all the Disney paraphernalia. They're super passionate about Disney, but they've never even been to the park. It's almost as if when Jesus came announcing the kingdom of heaven is here, that he was like passing out free tickets to the park, Disney World. He's saying, oh, you guys have heard about this magical place, this amazing place. You know, you've, you've heard all these messages. You've seen all these movies and heard all these illustrations. Well, let me get you, a, you know, a pass here. It's a 24-7, 365, all-access backstage pass to this magical, wonderful, awesome place where there's infinite possibility called the kingdom of heaven. He, so he comes, he, you know, he's, he's passing out, passes And obviously, he didn't come to just share stories about this magical place, this amazing place, the kingdom of heaven. He actually came to invite people into a real-life experience of the kingdom of heaven. But what I find crazy once more is that some Christians are actually satisfied by the stories. They're actually satisfied by watching the Christian movies whenever they've been offered up an invitation to experience the real thing. And that guy, you know, at Disney, he had all the tattoos, you know. All the, you know, there's some Christians, man, they'll tattoo scriptures on them. But won't experience the kingdom of heaven. They'll get a tattoo of a cross or, you know, a Jesus piece and not living according or in the kingdom of heaven. You guys with me? So that's what Jesus came to do, man. He said, hey, you've heard about this place? Come and experience it. Because the reality is, is that what Jesus and the Bible does teach us about heaven, is that is, it is, in fact, a place where there is no sadness. Can I get an amen? Yeah. If you've ever been sad or you're currently sad, know this, take heart, and the kingdom of heaven which is available to you today is no sadness. In heaven, there is no mourning. There is no sickness. There is no cancer. There is joy. There is life. So if heaven is here right now, let's just make it personal, if heaven is here right now, if heaven is at hand, why are we not experiencing it as believers? You ever thought about that? If this is the message that Jesus has for us, that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, why am I not experiencing it? Why am I not seeing it? Well, notice that Jesus said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. See, the kingdom of heaven is here right now, but we will only see the kingdom of heaven to the extent that we have repented. Yeah. If we want to see what's right here in front of our face, we have to repent to lay hold of it yeah. because it's there. Yeah. Now, I know you might be thinking, well, hey, listen, I've repented, Lyle, okay? I have apologized to God for my sins, and he has forgiven me. I have repented. I did that 20 years ago in youth camp, right? Right? And for most of us, repentance is solely a religious term. When we think about repent, repenting, we think about running up to the front, which is awesome, by the way, and getting down on our hands and knees and crying out to God for the forgiveness of our sins. But you guys, that is an expression of repentance, not the definition of repentance. That's an expression of repentance, not the definition of repentance. Right? So when you look at the original text, when you look at the Greek word, the Greek word for repent is actually the word metaneo, which I'm sure some of you guys have heard before. But it simply means to change one's mind or purpose. That's what it means. So when Jesus says, hey, I want you to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, he is saying this, change your way of thinking or you're going to miss what's right in front of you. So let that set in. Change your way of thinking or else you're going to miss something that's as close as your hand, which is my kingdom, which is heaven. We want to change, right? You guys want to change? I want to change my life. How about you? You want to change your life? Changing our lives is dependent upon changing our minds. If you want to change your life, you've got to change your mind. And, you know, I've heard a pastor once say, and I think it's a brilliant quote, most Christians repent enough to get forgiven, but not enough to see the kingdom. That's powerful, huh? Jesus has spoken to us. Jesus has preached a message to us. And in a sense, every time this scripture is read, as I'm reading it to you today, Jesus is preaching one of his core sermons to you. And he's saying, hey, listen, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I am inviting you, Jesus saying, I am inviting you to experience my kingdom firsthand right now today. But what is required is that you change your mind. Your body doesn't have to die for you to experience heaven, but your old ways of thinking do. Your body doesn't have to die for you to experience heaven, but your old ways of thinking do. Any area of our lives in which we're not experiencing the blessing of the kingdom of heaven is probably an area of our life where we need to think about it long enough to repent and change our mind about that situation. When you break down the word itself, you have metaneo, which is meta and neo. It's two Greek words pushed together. Uh, meta means to be changed after, right? And then neo means to think about or ponder upon. And so when Jesus says repent, metaneo, he's saying change your mind. And how you do that is is you think about the kingdom long enough until you make a different choice, until you have a new way of thinking about the situation that you're in. That you can only see darkness as a part of. Because he wants to fill our lives. Every aspect of our life. Every avenue of our life. Every, every dynamic of our job. Every corridor of our heart. With the goodness. With the favor. With the blessing. And with the power of the kingdom of heaven. If that was not true. He would have not paid the high price that he did on the cross. In order for that to be our blessing today but because of what Jesus accomplished through his own blood. He purchased for us the right to have the Holy Spirit live on the inside of us as a down payment of our eternal inheritance, the Apostle Paul writes in Romans, meaning what we're going to get to do forever, we also get to do now because of what Jesus did and because of his spirit that lives on the inside of us. But he's looking for an army, he's looking for a tribe, he's looking for disciples, he's looking for Christians that will think about his kingdom long enough to let it impress them big enough until that becomes their lifestyle present tense today they see heaven everywhere that they go in everything that they do that is what we've been called into and it's not even something that you have to study up it's just something that you have to consider it's something that you have to think about it's something that you have to receive as an invitation straight from the hand of jesus do you want to see the kingdom Do you want to live in the kingdom? Do we want to experience the kingdom of heaven right here, right now? Or do we just want to sit for the rest of our lives and warm the bench in church and hear another presentation? I didn't sign up for a presentation, man. I wanted to see a display and a demonstration of the reality of my faith and what I believe. I didn't sign up just to believe in good theology. I signed up to live a life that was challenging and full and abundant and filled with joy and thanksgiving. That's what I signed up for, guys, because if we're just doing, you know, religious patty cake on Sundays, I'm not RSVPing for that. No thanks, I'm good, actually. Y'all with me on that? Because I'm not interested in that, man. I want the real thing. I want the real Jesus. I want the real kingdom. And if what he said is true, and I believe that it is, if the kingdom of heaven is right here today if it's right here as close as our hand today, then I want to see it. Because I know that Jesus Christ paid a high price on the cross so that I could experience it. And I don't want to experience anything less than everything that Jesus poured out on the cross for me. Because his sacrifice was worth it. And when I walk in the fullness of my inheritance, my life preaches a message that says the sacrifice was worth it. Woo! Can I preach this how God gave it to me? I mean, come on. The sacrifice was worth it. Every time I step out and I'm uncomfortable and I risk it and I say, hey, God said the kingdom of heaven was at hand. And he made a demonstration. People got healed. People got saved. Lepers got cleansed. People got up from the dead. My life preaches a sermon which is that the sacrifice was worth it and that Jesus meant what he said and he went to the cross for me and for the person that I'm about to pray for. It's already been taken care of. It's not about my head knowledge, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk but of power. It's about a demonstration of stepping into a situation and releasing what is already yours by the faith that you have in Jesus. If I'm talking to you today, just say amen. Just nudge your neighbor. Say he's talking to me today. <laughs> I want to see the kingdom. How about you guys? This is what we signed up for. When you know the Apostle Paul, he wrote about this later. Romans twelve and two it says, "Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed." Come on, you guys, finish it by the renewing of your what? Your mind. Your mind. By the renewing of your mind, when Jesus says repent, he was setting precedents for the kingdom lifestyle is that our transformation would first have to go through our mind. What we consider, what we think on, what we're impressed by, how we're shaped. Now, I know we live in this world, right? We live in the kingdom of the world, if you will. And now you, we hear these messages about, you know, the kingdom of God. And, and they're both transformational energies, if I could use those terms, Right? They both have the power to transform you into what they want you to be. And so the one you're impressed by most is the one you're going to become the most like. And the only way that we become more impressed by the culture of the world than by the culture of the kingdom of God is by thinking about it more often. By pondering it longer. We're actually repenting, but we're not repenting unto the kingdom. We're repenting unto our culture. Well, let me think about that. guess I'll be more like that because that's what's on Instagram. When God is actually saying, no, no, I didn't call you to be shaped by that. I made an announcement so that there could be in a demonstration so that you could become like me, like I was, and see what I saw. Going to church and not experiencing the present tense reality of the kingdom of heaven is like driving to Orlando every Sunday and sitting in the parking lot at Disney World. Looks fun. Woo, roller coaster. I think I see, is that Mickey Mouse? I'll come back next Sunday. Come on, man, get in the game. Right? Step into the fullness of what Jesus Christ paid for for you. This is not just for the religious elites. When Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is at hand, he addressed everybody who was nearby. That means the people who was serving in the temple, as well as the pauper who was, you know, down begging for alms at the gate. He said, The kingdom is near you, and the kingdom is is near you. It's just as close to the both of you. I know sometimes we bind to this belief that, man, I'm in sin. Lord, you don't know my story. You don't know what I was doing last night. You don't know the addiction that I've been struggling with. You don't know the problems that I've been having with my girlfriend. Well, the same message applies to you just as it does to anybody else. The kingdom is not far from you today. The kingdom is at hand. It doesn't matter what you've walked through. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter where you were this morning. It doesn't even matter where you were last night or even five minutes before church started. Jesus has the same sermon to preach to you today, and that is it's time to repent or you're going to miss what the closest thing to you is, which is me and my kingdom. We think, oh, no, I can't. I can't do that. People are gonna think I'm crazy. People are gonna think I'm wild if I start believing the reality of what Jesus actually preached. Are you are you crazy, Larry, trying to get me in trouble, trying to get me unfollowed? If you got Twitter, you're already getting unfollowed all the time. Hey, Jesus got unfollowed all the time. So when you see that count go down, yeah, whatever. <laughs> That's an extra. (laughs) Everybody's like, I don't struggle with that. What are you talking about? (laughs) Okay, that's just me. Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven is near you. And whenever he says that to you, he does not invite you to analyze your sin, he doesn't invite you to look back into your past and mourn over all the bad stuff you get did. When he says that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, he directs your attention in this direction. And he says, here, I'm inviting you into the kingdom. I'm not even talking about your past. I'm not even talking about your sin. I'm not even talking about what you did last night. The invitation is not in that direction. The invitation is in this direction. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Receive my invitation. Step into it. This is what I paid for on the cross. We don't have to argue about it. I didn't come to argue with you. I came to make an announcement. Here's an Invitation. Here's a free ticket. You have an all access pass. It's signed right there to you in my blood from Jesus. I love you. You're a son, you're a daughter. Step into the kingdom, step into the family. So, the first thing I want to do tonight as we're closing, I want to give an opportunity for us to respond to a core message of Jesus today on Pentecost Sunday. Because just like on Pentecost Sunday, 2,000 years ago, in an upper room, there was probably about the same amount of people. They had been praying, and something happened. The very thing that Jesus had promised them happened. They had been waiting for a long time. Some of you guys in here have been waiting for a long time. You've been coming to church. You've been punching the religious time clock. You've been doing your due diligence. You've been giving money in the bucket. But you're like, man, I've heard all this stuff. When am I going to see what they're talking about? The first thing that the the disciples heard in the upper room was the sound. Everybody say sound. Of a rushing mighty wind. I know that a lot of you guys in here have heard a sound. You've heard a sermon. You've heard a YouTube video. You've heard a podcast about the life that's available to you through Jesus. But then the last thing they saw was they saw. Said tongues as a fire come and rest on people. They saw it, they actually saw it. And this is a season to see. Is it okay if I prophesy to you? This is a season to see. It's not just about hearing the wind anymore, guys. It's a season of Pentecost in your life. It's a season to see. It's not about just hearing the wind. Oh, it's another good message. Oh, that's another great word. That's another great tweet. That's an inspirational. Meme. It's time to see. It's time to see the reality of the kingdom. So the first thing I want to do tonight is I want to invite those to respond who just feel, man, I want to change my way of thinking. Law. I need to change. Just stand up right now. I just want to pray for you. Come on, just stand up right now. Don't even hesitate. Just stand up. I just want to I just want to change my way of thinking. What you're talking about tonight, that invitation. That, that you're giving I want that. I want to live in the reality of the kingdom of heaven. I get enough heaven on Sunday, but on Monday it just seems like I'm running dry. On Wednesday, man, I just I just need something. I just want to declare over you that, that now is a time to repent. Now is a time to seek God. Now is a season to see, all right? So just you 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 find a quiet place within yourself right now. I'm going to pray over you. But what we're going to do is we're just going to repent. And it doesn't have to be that same old religious expression that you've heard about before. It can it's simple, guys. It's it's changing your mind. So Jesus right now, God, I just pray that you would pray that you would speak to your people about places in their heart, places in their life, places in their mind. That you want them to change right now. That you're just inviting them. Hey, let's just change that. Let's change the way you think about that situation. Let me give you another perspective. Let me change that. Let me bring the kingdom of heaven into that situation. Lord, we repent. And you can just speak that out loud, you know, as a whisper. But God, I repent. God, I repent. I want to change my way of thinking. change my way of thinking thank you Lord now if you're sitting I just want to invite you to stand as well I just want to have everybody standing please Lord we thank you God that you're that you're answering our prayers because you're faithful because you're a good father You've never left us nor forsaken us. You're the friend that sticks closer than a brother. So as I mentioned earlier, when Jesus came proclaiming this message, he didn't just give a presentation, guys, but he actually stepped out and displayed a demonstration. So I have a few things written down here that as I was praying for you this week, I felt like there would be some people in the house tonight that may be suffering from these symptoms in their life. And I believe that Jesus wants to just release his kingdom to you today and heal you in your body. The first thing that I wanted to go after was migraine headaches. Maybe there's a couple of you guys in here, you just feel like you've had so many constant migraine headaches in the last season. And in particular, you know, I feel like there's just like this pressure on the right side of your head. Some of you, you may be experiencing all the above your right eye, if that's you in here, would you just lift your hand? Because we're going to pray right now. If you just feel like you've had a season of just, man, I have some, I've, I've been having migraine headaches. We want to pray for you right now. And it doesn't have to be anybody. But if it's you, just lift your hand. I can't see for the lights real well. I don't see anybody. Oh, there is somebody. Awesome. Well, if you're around them, would you lay your hand on their back, please, on their shoulder? Because we believe right now. You don't have to go across the aisle or anything. But if you're close by, just lay a hand on their shoulder. We're going to pray together in a bit. But how about this? Um, anybody in here that's experiencing upper back pain. You've, it's, it's just up around the shoulder blade. And some of it just extends over into your left arm. And are like, man, I, it's just pain right here. Right here. Would you guys just lay a hand on her shoulder, please? One over here, too. Just lay a hand on her shoulder, please. If that's you, we're going to pray. The Lord Jesus wants to heal you right now. This is what his kingdom is all about, guys. This is what he did. It wasn't just a nice sermon, but he actually stepped out and he gave the benefit of his kingdom. This is another thing I heard. This, this, this could have been for the church this morning. I never called it out, but I wrote it down early this morning. And that's um, cataracts. Uh, does anybody in here, you, you needed an operation on your eye or maybe even you've, you've just had your eyes are just always bloodshot. And they're just they've been causing you problems. Is there anybody in here? Because I can't see farther than the third row. I don't see anyone lifting their hands, though. All right. I'll just go to the last one, which is you just can't seem to get a full breath. You see, you feel like shortness of breath. You feel like you've been having trouble breathing. If that's you, would you just lift your hand? We want to pray for you as well. If that's you. Awesome. So I don't see anybody lifting their hand for that. So we're just going to go after these two things. All right? Guys, I want you to know that what we're doing here tonight is not something that we're professionals at. Okay? This is something that we're trusting Jesus with. All right? When we step out and we take his word and we apply it to the situation and the environment, we trust that Jesus is gonna show up and that he's gonna release his kingdom. Why? Not just because we hope he does, but because he said he would. Amen. You guys with if you're with me, just say amen. And if I'm creeping you out, just say amen. I mean. That's not my intention. Our intention is to go after what Jesus said was in the Bible, right? So you guys, if you're around them, just just pray this simple prayer. Just say, the kingdom of heaven has come upon you. That's what Jesus taught his disciples to do because it wasn't just Jesus that healed the sick. It wasn't just Jesus that performed miracles. He actually empowered his disciples. That means you and I to go and heal the sick. And he said, whenever you heal heal the sick, when you finish, when you finish praying for them and they get healed, say this, the kingdom of heaven has come near you. He taught us to say the exact same thing that he said when he began his ministry. So just release that over him right now. Just pray. The kingdom of heaven is, is near you right now. The kingdom of heaven. We release the kingdom of heaven to, to overwhelm every, every pain, every migraine headache, the back pain, the shoulder pain, upper back pain, left arm pain. And if you're in here tonight and you're just in pain right now, just take your hand and put it on the part of your body wherever you're in pain, if your leg or your arm just Lord right now we just we just release the kingdom of heaven and we just declare God that what because of what you did on the cross, Jesus, we can be healed right now in Jesus name Lord in Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. So if you were one of the people receiving prayer and you can test it, just give it a test. See if you're in the same amount of pain. See if the pain is diminished. See if the pain is gone. See if you're feeling better. If you are, would you just wave at me and you say, yeah, I feel a little bit better. Anybody in here? You You feel better? Awesome. Amazing. Come on, let's just give the Lord a big round of applause. That's amazing. That's awesome. Upper back pain, your arms feeling better, left arm. Come on. Thank you, Jesus, guys. Thank you, Jesus. You know, one of my favorite preachers, he says, there is an oak tree in an acorn, meaning you cannot measure breakthrough by size. A small, one person being healed in one service on a Sunday afternoon actually creates space for a whole lot of really cool stuff to happen in the future. So how many of you guys would just lock arms with me and just begin to pray that in this next season, that we're gonna experience, just as the church in the book of Acts experienced, just a breakthrough anointing, a revival in their city where thousands of people got saved. Would you guys join me in that as we close tonight? Amen. Amen. Well, I just bless you in Jesus' name. I'm gonna have Allison come back and just formally dismiss the service. But guys, I'm locking arms with you. We're declaring that in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen.
1: That was amazing. How many of you are blessed by that? Encouraged again in your spirit? Yep. Because it's all about the kingdom and it's all about Jesus getting the reward for suffering through our lives, and let us not forget that as we move forward this week. And so, um, I'm going to have the ministry team come to the front now. If you have something else going on in your body, um, yeah, you guys can go ahead and come to the front. The ministry team uh, they'll be they'll be lined up up here. But um, if you have something else going on in your body, in your mind, in your heart, that you want prayer for, you want somebody to partner with you for breakthrough, the ministry team here. Um, Um, is prepared to pray with you and happy um, to pray with you to see breakthrough this evening. Um, Just because your specific ailment was not called out this evening does not mean that God is not interested in showing up for you this evening. So if that's you, feel free to come up this evening. If not... We'll see you this week at House Church. It's in East Nashville, so it's easy to find. It's just up the road um, with Kristen and Trevor at their house. So we want to see you there. Bring a friend. We love House Church. It's a good time for connecting and worshiping together. So you are dismissed this evening. We love you guys. We will see you back here next week at 4 p.m. Bring a friend. Bring somebody who needs to experience the kingdom and just hasn't. We would love to have them here, and we'd love to see your faces again. So you're dismissed for this evening.
0: Thanks for subscribing to the Iris Nashville podcast. We'd love to hear back from you. If you don't mind, log into the iTunes store and leave us a rating and a review. The more ratings and reviews we get, the more accessible our podcast is to new listeners. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful day. God bless.